common scripture, but the Lord has touched my spirit. And uh, we'll begin reading at verse number 7, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. So it's simply casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing, listen to this, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. There's not much difference to life and life's problems to those that are saints of God and those that are in the world. So we want to preach today from that verse that said our adversary is a roaring lion. And I want to preach to you about stopping the roar. Stopping the roar. Verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered for a while, or you've endured the roar for a while, he's going to make you perfect, established, strengthened, and he's going to settle you. So he's letting us know that you're going to go through some things, but you can just stop the roar because in the end, he's going to make you perfect. He's going to establish you. He's going to strengthen you, and he's going to settle you. What do you say we preach for a little while today? Savior, we ask you to help us in the word of God. I pray that your anointing upon the word of God that's been written by men of old will come alive to us today, that our ears, our minds, our hearts, our souls will be affected by the word of God. Help us today, we pray, in the wonderful name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, and somebody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've talked about this introduction before that I will be using today because we have been out where lions are. And we have been so close that we could touch them, reach out and touch them. Uh, we were in a Jeep, of course, and uh, they were walking. And uh, with the, I asked the guide, I said, uh, does not scare you to come out here? You have no gun, no stick. And that afternoon, we had a flat tire out there in the midst of all of this and walking with the lions. And that, so I asked them how you how you survive in this environment. And they said, you simply, if you're, if you're being attacked or you're around a lion, you stand up as tall as you can with a big stick. You do not run. Do not run from a lion. Isn't that good advice? How many of you would do that? <laughs> you don't run from a lion. And we were there to watch the kill which is out in nature, and it's just out there on the safari. And uh, the kill was there, and the, the Maasai uh, tribesmen walking by, the lions absolutely stopped eating and watched the Maasai tribesmen walk by with their herds. They're out there with lions, they're out there with giraffes, they're out there with elephants, all in this big area, miles of, of safari, and they live out there. And so... I was concerned or, or really uh, wanting to find out about it. And he said, yeah, you just stand up as tall as you can 
<clears throat> do not run, have a stick in your hand, and generally they will leave you alone. Well, the Maasai tribesmen years ago, the government has stopped this practice now, but years ago, the Maasai tribesmen, when you were 15 to become a man, you had to kill a lion. And then to get married, you have to kill a lion. If you wanted a second wife, you killed a lion. And uh, <clears throat> that was their customs in those days. So uh, my, my thought to them is after you get one wife, just let the lions live. But uh, it was interesting to watch them just the lions stop because they feared the tribesmen because they, they communicate somehow and they knew that those tribesmen were lion killers in their ancestry. And so the lions stopped their roaring when they came by. And when a, when a big daddy lion roars, it's usually not for the sake of a kill. It's to let other in the pride know that he's the, the king of the herd or king of the pride. And I don't know why they call him a pride, but there can be 20, 25 lions in a pride. And that roar <clears throat> is to let the others know that he is in charge and he's there. But I, I want to preach to you today because the scripture talks about a roaring lion. And he's referring to the devil, of course. And, uh, and I, I just want to say this as positive as I can say it today because everybody believes in God just to some degree or another. Their God may be different in the ideas of God, but everyone has some form of a belief system in something. And so when we understand that there is a God, there is a higher power, there is something that, that motivates us to live for God, on the opposite side of this, there was a partnership with God in heaven with three main angels, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And Lucifer became very arrogant with the abilities he was created to be as a leader and thought he could override and cause revolution in heaven. And the Bible called it a war in heaven. And he was cast out, and a third of the angels followed him. And he was cast down to the earth. And then the cataclysmic things that happened in the earth, he was then banished from the earth. And he cannot touch the earth, but he can touch us, and he can dwell in us. And they have to dwell in some form of flesh. That's why when you see Jesus at the... Uh, Gadarene, uh, the tombs where the Gadarene was there, he, uh, he rebuked them and they said, that, let us go into something and there's a herd of swine. And so they went into the herd of swine because they had to have flesh. The, and the swine, the pigs couldn't even stand the devil. They committed suicide. And yet in our world, people don't understand what's driving them and the two forces, the two main forces, there's not a multiplicity of forces in the world. There's two main forces, good and evil. And those two forces are driven by God and Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the dragon, whatever you want to call it. And it's interesting that with his titles, the old dragon, Lucifer, and, and the devil, uh, nobody wants to call that a trinity of devils. And yet when they come into trying to understand Jesus, and his role in becoming us, they want to try to figure out, well, there must be three persons. Well, there's not three devils. Um, uh, there are a lot of demons that followed him, but uh, there's a lot of children of God that follow God, too. And there's a lot of angels that follow God. So with that introduction, I, I want to preach to you about stopping 
the roar. Stopping the roar. And if God will help us through today, the first lesson that we learned in this scripture was to stay sober and vigilant. And it wasn't necessarily talking about addictions of alcohol or drugs or whatever in, it, in the sobriety statement. It just said be sober. In other words, there's a time that you need to recognize there is an enemy of your soul. And the roar is to let the world know or those around that he's in control. Well, that's why we are a demonstrative church. We don't believe in just come and sit and fold in our hands. We believe in a roar ourselves that sets the devil in his place because we know who's in control of our life and we know who's in control of this church. So he's our adversary. And he said, be sober, be vigilant because the adversary or the roaring of the adversary. And then he said, resist that in faith. So today, somehow, I want to help you understand if you have an attack of the enemy, it also is the same attack on everybody. You're not unique to the attack of the enemy and certainly not unique to the blessings of God. I want to stay on the side of the blessings of God. I don't want, I don't want to stay on the attack of the enemy, uh, but it, there is a roar that goes in our world and there is a confusion that comes to our world. And the reason that we go through this, the reason the Lord even allows uh, Lucifer, the dragon, the old dragon, and the devil to exist is to help you understand that you need to perfect some things in your life. The fall of man opened up a door in our lives uh, that brings a lot of confusion to us. Uh, the best person that has ever walked in life needs to be born again of water and spirit because of the attack of the enemy and the fall of man. But he's allowing us to go through these things uh, because he wants to perfect us. He wants you to learn where your weak areas are and your, the vulnerabilities of your life, where you're vulnerable. When you start feeling the attack of the enemy and the temptation comes, uh, that's not God tempting you to sin or to fail. It's allowing the temptation to come to show where you're weak. And when you fall into that weakness uh, that, and you don't get up, that weakness got you. But if you understand the weakness is opening up to me an area that I need to fight the enemy in that area and quit the roar in my mind. Here, here's what the enemy likes to do. The enemy likes to get you down and then tell you you're not a Christian. You're not living for God. You're not doing what's right. We need to stop that roar. We need to stop the idea that just because he's accusing you of something that you are that. You're a born-again child of God. And when the enemy wants to tempt you, you need to stop the roar. But you need to understand that you're going through that because he wants to perfect you. He wants to help you. He wants to establish you. He wants to strengthen you. You know, any prize boxer does not go into the ring without some training. A sportsman of any sport doesn't go into the field, whatever it is, without training so it is with living for God. That's why we come to church. We're training for this warfare that is the same everywhere to all peoples, whether you're in church or out of church. You think getting out of church is going to solve the attack? Oh, no. You will succumb to the roar and the fear of the enemy and become what the enemy wants you to become. It's time to stand up and stop the roar and become what God wants you to become. Become what God wants you to become. 
So the Lord's going to perfect you through this. He's going to establish you through this. He's going to strengthen you. And most of all, he's going to settle you in the faith. So when temptation comes, just welcome it to some degree, but fight the good fight of faith and understand that you're going through this as well as everybody else in the world. Your brethren in the world, it says, everybody's going through trouble. You don't think our world's in confusion? You don't think our world is unsettled? The unsettled world that we live in is only proven to us there's great peace in the house of God, Brother Price. There's great hope in the house of God. I'm here because I'm happily living for God. I'm tired of the world. I don't want the effects of the world. I don't want the ideology of the world. I love living for Jesus. I love to lift my hands and worship. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad we're a church that believes in lifting a hand and worshiping God. He's worthy of our praise. He's not some idol somewhere. He's the God of all eternity. And he's in this place today. Hallelujah. So I take you to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse number 9. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all of these things happen unto them for examples and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Here we are at the end of the world, and I believe this with all of my heart. We're at the end of the world. I don't know whether it's going to be 100 years or 100 minutes. Uh, I don't know how many times we've talked about the coming of the Lord, but I want to remind you it is not a fable. It's a truth. Jesus, as he ascended into heaven, the angel said, as you have seen him go away, in like manner you'll see him return. It's time for us to look at the clouds and say, come on, Lord Jesus. Our world is so wicked. Our world is so vile. And they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand the battle, but we do. And we're here today because we love God. And we're expecting his return. I said, We're expecting his return. Hallelujah. A lot of churches don't even talk about the coming of the Lord. They don't talk about the battle anymore because they just have succumbed to the norm and the life and whatever. But we know that all the things that happened in the Old Testament and even some of the things that happened in the New Testament uh, is written for our admonition to help us, uh, to help us understand. And then the thing that really makes it come home to us, uh, he said, upon whom the ends of the world are come. I'm telling you, we're right there, I believe, where the enemy has come down with great wrath, knowing he has a short time to work, and he's trying his best to destroy the church. He's trying his best to destroy Christianity in America. Do you believe that? You've read the papers enough to know. You've read news accounts enough to know that Christianity is under attack like never before. But I say it's time for us to stop the roar. We need to recognize who we are and not be ashamed of who we are. I'm not talking about going out and causing trouble, breaking windows and protesting, uh, but I'm telling you everywhere you go, don't be ashamed to meet somebody and say, praise the Lord. I don't care whether they don't like it or they like it. Uh, I'm here to tell you I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, uh, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, it was first to the Jews, the Greeks, but now unto us, uh, upon whom the ends of the world have come. Oh, hallelujah. Here we are at the end of the world, and I'm looking for the next great event. Now, we have to talk about the earthquake just a little bit. 
You know, earthquake was prophesied in the book of Revelation. There's coming a, there's coming a big one. Now, they're looking for the big one in California where somewhere around Ridgecrest we may have beachfront property, but that's not the big one. There is a final earthquake, and that final earthquake can open up the earth, but we're going out of here before then, church. I want you to know this is just reminders. These little earthquakes are just reminders uh, that we're at the end of the world. They, they didn't even know how to figure out earthquakes until this last hundred years and they started recording some of the movements and now there's over a million earthquakes a year in this little earthquake that was just happening over here there's a one every second for a while one every minute for a while and they they got worse instead of better and that stopped thank god except for the little ones that are down there but the big one may be coming in some ways and i i just want you to live for god in case it does come but there's a big earthquake coming. You can read in the book of Revelation where the earth is split open and hell from beneath is coming to meet you at your coming, the Bible said. So it's time to live for God. We're at the end of the world. It's time to live for God. So all of those things that happened was to help us. When you read this, the struggles of people in the Old Testament and the battles that went through, the shedding of blood and all of that in, in their, their arms, and whatever, it was only to help us understand there's a spiritual battle going on today. We don't take swords of, of uh, natural men's uh, weapons of war, but we take the sword of the Spirit. We take the Word of God and we fight the battle. That's why you need to know the scriptures. Thank God for those of you that work with children and young people in quizzing. Uh, there's a better percentage of those kids living for God and making it uh, through life because they memorized 450 scriptures. Some of them, I can't even imagine myself. But the word of God in their heart helps them live for God better. You see, you got to have something on the inside if you're going to withstand the outer pressures. you got to have something on the inside that's stronger than the outside. So all these things happened for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Verse 12 said, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Don't get so arrogant to think that you can control everything in your life without God. I'm telling you, you have to have God in your life. If you don't have God in your life, you have the devil in your life. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory in religion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're either in or you're out. You're with God or you're not. Hello. There's only two leaders. One's the devil and one's God. If you're not living for God, Jesus said it. If they're not with me or if they're with me, they're not against me. There's only two. Boy, this is shocking, isn't it? Don't look at your neighbor right now. There's only two areas you're either going to live for god with all your heart or you're going to live for the world with all your heart i think at the end of time where we are it's time to live for god with everything that's in us i love living for god i don't know about you but i love going to church i love being in the house of god in fact right now why don't you just love him it's a good opportunity just to love him hallelujah love him it's time for us to stop the roar wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Verse 13, there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation, but will with the temptation. 
but will with the temptation. Now I'm saying that in, and emphasize it to help you understand that when you're going through this, whatever you're going through, the temptation you're going through, God's going to turn that around and with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So instead of quitting and giving up on God when you're tempted, why not turn it around on the enemy, shut the mouth of the lion, stop the roar, and say, wait, I can bear this. I have something stronger in me. Because the Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have something stronger in you than the world has. I think we can rejoice in that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. What shall I say more? For time shall fail me to talk of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David also and Samuel and the prophets. You'll notice that Daniel and the three Hebrew children are not listed there by name in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. But he went on in verse 33 and said, without their names being mentioned, he says, who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Now, all of these things happened to them for our admonition. I think it's time to stop the mouth of the roaring lion. Why be, why be intimidated? Because the enemy said, you failed God, you fail. Get up and say, hey, devil, you're not going to keep me down. I'm going to rejoice in living for God. It's time to stop the mouth of the devil. Why listen to the enemy of your soul? That's all he's going to do is accuse you. You'll never make it. You can't live for God. Look what you're missing in the world. Look what you could be doing. Honey, we can do everything the world does that's wholesome and well for you. We don't restrict anybody from things that are good. We, everything's good you can do. Why get drunk? Throw up the next day. Have a headache. Oh, I had a great time. Oh, yeah. Why not get drunk in the spirit? Have so much of God that you're overjoyed that somebody said, what have you been drinking? Ha, I've been drinking from the well that never runs dry. Oh, hallelujah. I have something better than the world. So stop the mouths of the lions. Stop the roaring. I like this. I, I'm, I'm having so much fun right now. You know why? Because I'm making the devil mad. And I know he'll probably attack me as soon as I leave this place. But I, I know how to stop that too. Because I know how to stop the mouth of the lions. All of those things happen for our learning. And then he said, quench the violence of fire. The fiery darts of the enemy. So the three Hebrew children of Daniel was not particularly named. But their situation was named. And we can fight the fiery darts of the enemy and escape the edge of the sword of the world by living for God and turn to fight the armies of the aliens. Now that, that word aliens, some people like, like that. And, and they think a lot about aliens coming in. We were driving to, to a bus, riding a bus to LA with Brother Terry and I years ago to go to Africa. And we got to talking to the driver about God. And uh, he said, well, I don't believe in God. I, I said to him, well, you don't believe in God. How did we get here? He said, I'll tell you how we get here. A spaceship crashed years ago and started the whole, whole human race. 
Well, that's wonderful. The aliens, we're all aliens. <laughs> Spaceship crashed on the earth and started the human race. Why hadn't another one crashed? We need another one to crash to help us maybe. But that's not what happened. I'll tell you what happened. God created man in his image. And he wants somebody to overcome the attack of the enemy. He wants somebody to stand strong and be an overcomer. How about saying I'm an overcomer? I'm an overcomer. I've done better living for God than anything in the world. And I know how to stop the mouth of the lion. Hallelujah. Oh, wait a minute. In general terms, they may not be mentioned, but yet they are mentioned because of the attacked of the enemy and the fiery darts of the enemy and the roaring of the lion. Everyone experiences the fiery darts of the devil. We need to just stop the roar. Say it with me. Stop the roar. When you're praying and the enemy comes to you, just stop the roar. You know, the enemy can't do anything. The devil cannot do anything to you. Why are we intimidated to him? He's not some little red thing that's got a little tail and a pitchfork it's a spirit and that spirit attacks all every one of us but I've got more than he's got hit the church we're going to survive I'm telling you God is going to take care of his church hallelujah so you use the shield of faith against all the fiery darts and the attack of the enemy and then he went on in verse 34 and said out of weakness were made strong. If you could understand that during the times of weakness and attack of the enemy, you're going to be made strong through that, stronger than ever before. Let's go on a little bit. They waxed valiant in fight and turned to flight the armies of the enemies. Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. I like this verse. Romans 3, 19. Now we know. I like it when the scripture says, now we know. I like that. Now we know. How many of you know better than the devil? How many of you know better than the world? How many of you? <laughs> now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. There's nothing better than understanding that you have the ability to stop the mouth of the gainsayer, stopping the roar. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 10 said, There are, it may be, 1 Corinthians 14, 10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them without signification. Listen to that. And none of them without signification. That is the ability to convey the meaning of the voices. There's a lot of voices in the world, and they have the ability to convey the meaning of the voices. It's time to stop the roar. Understand the meaning of what's going on in your life. You're tempted. That doesn't mean you're a sinner. The devil's the one that tempts you. God doesn't tempt you. It comes to show that's your area of weakness. I never will forget Brother Leroy King. Forty years, well, he was 40-some years sober. But he was on a six-month drunk when he prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Was not sober for six months. He took his daughter back to the Modesto area and coming back, coming down 99, how the 
road bypasses Pixley and a lot of those little towns, but you can go straight, and inside almost every one of those, when you go straight, there's a bar. So he stopped at that bar. Now he's prayed through, he's sober, he's living for God, doing right, and he stops at the bar. Sits in the car, says, no, I'm not going to do it. Backs out, gets back on the highway, comes to the next little town, pulls in, stops at the bar. Happened three times, if I remember it right. Never forgotten this story. When he got home, he went to the elder, and he said, I'm such a failure. I could never make it. And the elder said, what happened? He said, well, I stopped at the bar, but I didn't go in. I got back out, backed the car out, and got back in the highway. And next time, I did the same thing. Three times, I stopped at the bar. I'm just such a failure. And the elder looked at him and said, you're such an overcomer. You're such a victorious person. You didn't go in. You overcame. He stopped the roar. That's what he did. He stopped the roar. When the devil tried to confuse him and condemn him, he realized, hey, I'm not that person anymore. Aren't you glad you're not what you used to be? Aren't you glad you're not what you used to be? But God has given you real direction and real hope. What a great thing to be an apostolic. So there's a lot of voices in the world. I remember Brother Oggs preaching, and he preached it here. And he talked about the greatest preacher that ever preached. And he told the story of himself riding the bike down the road. His mother had said to him, don't you go in that movie house. That's not a good place. That's not a good movie. You don't go into that movie house. And so he ride his bike. And he rode past the movie house. And, and the voices begin to talk to him. This is his story. The voices begin to talk to him. And the roar was there. And the roar allowed him to go back around the back part of the building, parked his bike, snuck around the front, walked in, sat down the back, kind of hunched down so nobody would see him. And all of a sudden, voices begin to talk. It was his mother. He could hear her. Don't go in there. I'm telling you, son, don't go in there. You know, we got to remember, there are voices, good or bad. I really, every once in a while, I can feel my mother's prayer. I can feel my dad's stability in church, never missing a service. I can feel that. I just read, just today, I read a chapter in Sister Becky, uh, Rebecca's book on legacy. And I thank God for my parents that put things in me. And now, now, now it's my obligation to somehow touch my kids and my grandkids. Uh, I cannot fall. I cannot stop. I'm not going to listen to the roar. I'm going to stand for what's right. What do you say we stop the roar, church? Uh, let's get rid of that roar. And let's stand with victory with a roar of shouting of victory. A voice of triumph. We are overcomers. i got to go on. So his conscience began to preach to him. Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. There is so much out there. I don't know how many of you kids are still in town. Some's gone for camp. You that are going to college, don't give in to the roar. 
Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. You have something better than the philosophers. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, it said you're wiser than the teachers. You know, they, they think we came from monkeys. We say we came from God. I think you're smarter than the professor. Oh, yeah. So the professor asked the, church, the, the class to write a poem on evolution. So the little Christian child wrote a nice poem. Said, I used to be a monkey hanging from a tree. Now I'm a college professor with a PhD. We're smarter than the world. You know, uh, you know what I'm trying to do today? I'm trying to help you understand that you have a whole lot more going for you than you really realize. When you're full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're a great person. You're a strong warrior. You are a fighter of faith and righteousness and truth. And you need to stand up to the enemy with the sword of the Spirit and let the shield of faith protect you from his fiery darts and fight the good fight of faith and stand and don't listen to the roar of the enemy. Don't listen to it. How many of you are ready to fight the fight of faith? I'm not talking about picking up swords and spears. I'm talking about in faith, believing the church is going to survive. I said the church is going to survive. I said the church is going to survive. We're going to make it because we're going to preach until we can preach no more. We're going to worship until we can worship no more. We're going to live for God until the rapture takes us out of here. Somebody ought to shout with me. It's time to live for God. It's time to stop the roar. Quit listening to the enemy. Destroy you? No, sir. I'm going to live for God. Oh, hallelujah. So college kids, college kids, remember, remember, you got more than the world has. So the little girl was in class, and the teacher was talking about a whale and said, you know, whales don't have big enough mouths to swallow human beings. And she said, oh, the Bible talks about Jonah. Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. She said, oh, no, can't happen. Can't happen. So she said, well, you know what, teacher? When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah about it. And she said, the teacher said, well, what if Jonah's not there? She said, then you ask him. We're smarter than the teachers. That didn't get very many amens. We got some teachers in here. I, I'm not talking about you teachers. Candace, I'm not talking about those good teachers. We have some college professors, some school teachers in this house, and you're great people. You're public school teachers. You're great people, Sister Karen. You're great people. Stand strong. I know there's some things you have to do to work in the public. You have to do it. I understand that. But just do the best you can with it and don't tell a lie. You can say, you can say, you, you don't have to say Jesus, but you can say some things that's pretty close. He's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the everlasting Father. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know more than the teachers know? We know more than the teachers. You can look it up. It's a scripture. So he said, beware of those that are in philosophy 
in the vain deceit of our world, the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Matthew said, they shall deceive the very elect. John said, beloved, believe not every spirit. Isaiah said, now go write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever that this is a rebellious people, lying children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Verse 10 of chapter 30 in the book of Isaiah, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Uh, speak unto us smooth things. Uh, prophesy deceits. Uh, this is what the Bible said about the last days. Uh, that seers or preachers or whatever you want to put us in there. And the prophets, uh, they're prophesying unto us. Don't, 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 don't tell us about those things that are right in the Bible. Preach to us smooth things. Uh, prophesy deceits. Uh, I think it's time to stop the roar. Let me just tell you, church, you found the right church. Bring to us any scripture you want to bring to us that we're not doing or you think we're not doing, and we'll show you why we're not doing it or whatever, by scripture, not by dogma, not by church philosophy, but by the Bible. This is what we live by here, and this is what's going to stop the mouths of the lions. This is what's going to stop the, the gainsayers. Uh, this is what's going to stop the world and their confusion. Oh, there's a couple of scriptures I've got to get to, so let me go on. Prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Uh, prophesy deceits. Uh, get you out of the way. Turn aside of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. They were saying cause the Holy One of Israel to stop being in our place. They didn't want to listen to the voice of God. They wanted to listen to the roar of the enemy. Oh, church, oh, if I could preach today, if I knew how to say it, if I knew how to inspire you. Don't ever get to the place where you want God to stop doing what he's doing. Don't ever get to the place where you stop God from bringing you to an altar. I like the fact that during our worship time, somebody starts moving, they move to the front, and there's a bunch of people worshiping God during our worship worship service, you know what you're doing? You're stopping the roar. You're telling the devil, hey, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to listen to the voice of the Almighty. Come on, church, what do you say we stop the roar? Are you tired of the devil telling you you're not going to make it? Give up, throw in the towel, walk away? Oh, no, friend. We're at the end of the world. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up. I'm living for God. I made up my mind. I've come this far by faith. I'm walking on. Somebody with me? Somebody with me? Are we going to walk on? Are we going to complete the race? Are we going to do it? Are you going to let the devil say, no, you can't make it? Stop the roar, church. Stop the roar. Stop the roar. Titus 1, verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers that are roaring, I add. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers they're roaring, I add, especially they of the circumcision. Then verse 11 said, whose mouths must be stopped. Whose mouths must be stopped. You see, there's all these voices in the world. They subvert whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Thank God we don't teach here just money. It's got to have money to do everything we have. Thank God for it all. and Thank God for faithful people. But we're not up here browbeating you into giving. If you don't want to give and support it, that's your business. Uh, but if I were you, I'd stop that roar. I'd start supporting the kingdom of God and let it be what it is for our children. You know, we're 75 years old. 
The devil's not going to stop us now. We've come too far. It's time to stop the roar. It's time for us to really get behind God, his church, his people, the men of God that's leading us. Somebody's got to help us do this. My father-in-law taught his kids never to say shut up. But sometimes you just have to say to the many voices in our world, stop your mouth. My wife has a great saying. She said, don't ever tell me to shut up. Just tell me my lips are so beautiful when they're closed. But sometimes you have to tell the devil to shut up. I know it doesn't sound pretty, but sometimes you just have to say, devil, you don't matter what you say, you're not getting me. I don't care what you say I am. I am not what you say I am. I am a Christian. I am a C. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-I-R-S-T-I-N. You know, you have to get it in your spirit. I'm better than the world. I'm better than the devil. And, and not so much that we are arrogant in it. Don't misunderstand me when I'm trying to teach this. We just have more power than the devil. We have more power than the world. We know what's happening in our world. I know what's going on in the government. I really do. They've listened to the roar so long. They're, they're right in the mouths of lions. Our politicians, my. my oh, I, I don't want to go there. That's where I about lose my spirit. <laughs> I don't care what stripe they are. One just left one party, became independent, but he didn't stop his roar. He's still the same anyway. Psalms 107, verse 42. The righteous shall see it and rejoice. Hurry, get, get on the organ. I'm about wound up here, and if you don't start playing, I might preach till 2 o'clock. I want you to listen to this scripture. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. When you start rejoicing... When you start saying, thank you, Jesus. When you start saying, praise the Lord. When you start saying, hallelujah. You start saying, thank the Lord. The righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity. <laughs> you may not be as excited as I am, but I can shout a little right now. Because when we're rejoicing, iniquity has to stop her mouth. What do you say? We praise God at home, praise God in the car, praise God in the grocery store, praise God everywhere we go. That stops the mouth of iniquity. Stop the roar. Repentance will stop the roar. Praying will stop the roar. Let God work in your spirit. My, my, my. I stopped. There's a lot more in there, but I stopped. That's a powerful scripture, church. That's a powerful scripture. The righteous shall see it and rejoice. What do you see today? I see the coming of the Lord. I see victory in saints. I see people overcoming. I see people that's living for God. We have a new man in the home. 
and I hope you all are getting along with him good. He got the Holy Ghost when he was a kid, and he wants to live for God. Went to prison, was a bad boy. He told me today he was a bad boy. But he came back to God. Brother Pharaoh baptized him in Jesus' name. He prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, church, and I believe this with everything that's in me, we're on the brink of one of the greatest revivals this church has ever seen. Three people believe it. Three people said amen. People are going to start coming to God because we're rejoicing and it's stopping the mouth of iniquity. Man, that's a scripture I could preach on for a little while and I've got to stop. But if you could get a vision of what we as saints of God are trying to do, we're stopping the mouth of iniquity. How many of you ever been? Have you felt the attack of the enemy? Have you been tempted? Randy, have you been tempted? You overcame, though, didn't you? You, gave, you didn't stop coming just because the devil hit you up the side of the head. You stood in there and said, I'm going to make it. Love you, Jim. God bless you, Jim. Fight the good fight of faith. And let God you give you wisdom and direction in this last day that we live. Brother Rob, Sister Chris, all of you that work with the prison ministry, thank God because there's people coming to God that is rejoicing about what God has done for them and is stopping the mouths of iniquity. Now, some of you sound like you're so righteous that you've never had to stop the mouth of, the, of iniquity, but I've had to stop the mouth of iniquity. Has anybody had to stop the mouth of iniquity? Has anybody had to stop the roar of the enemy? Come on, let's let a roar be in this that would shout so high, so powerful, so wonderful that the enemy cannot roar loud enough because our roar of righteousness and worship is gonna shut the mouths of iniquity. It's gonna shut the mouths. Come on, somebody, somebody's gonna have victory today. Somebody's gonna overcome today. Somebody's gonna have the power of the Holy Ghost today.
really feel like we need to complete this service with something that would cause greater than a 7.1. I think they're up there pretty solid, but I wonder if we could make those things just kind of sway because we're going to rejoice right now like we've never rejoiced before. We're going to shout with victory like we've never shouted with victory. You that have been tempted this last week, you need to be, well, you know, I'm 74, and I don't, I don't jump like I used to, but as tall and ugly as I am, it doesn't matter. I never have to leave the ground, and I can jump higher than most. <laughs> I think we need, with the voice of triumph, we need to let the devil know we're shutting his mouth. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yes! We're shutting his mouth. The church rejoices and the mouth of iniquity is stopped. Woo! Oh, somebody shout with me.